You're listening to the North Parkway Podcast, weekly talks designed to help you take the next step in your spiritual journey. You can learn more about our church at northparkway.org. And if these talks are helpful to you, consider using the link in the description to give. Your financial support helps us continue to make great content. All right, well, that's enough intro. Let's get to today's talk. We're going to talk today about slavery. Yeah! Woo-hoo. Uh, which I think we can, all, we can all agree, slavery is a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's not unique to the United States. Folks have been enslaving other folks for as long as we have written records of humanity. But we in America, we, we were especially bad about it. You know, historians have, uh, they, they vary, but uh, over a span of several hundred years, we believe over 12 million residents from Africa were sold into slavery. They were either prisoners of war or some of them were kidnapped, or some of them just couldn't pay their bills, pay their debts, and they got sold into slavery. They were packed into ships, and they were sent across the Atlantic, and the lucky ones who survived, which, by the way, uh, as many as one in five died on the ship, never even made it here. The lucky ones who actually survived the trip then became somebody's property for life. You're no longer your own person. You belong to somebody else, you, you are bought and sold like, like a piece of property, like a vehicle, like a, like a cow. And not only are you property at that point, your children are property. Your grandchildren are property. Your whole family line goes from being your own person to being somebody else's person. It's a terrible deal. Now imagine with me for a minute that you were living in that time and you saw your neighbor get whacked over the head and drug off and loaded into a ship and barged across the ocean, and you said, man, that looks like fun. Sign me up. Yeah, right? No, you, you wouldn't do that, right? Nobody in their right mind would ever willingly sign up for slavery, right? Right? Oh, you would. You would, and some of you have, I have, I signed up for it. I was happy when I did it. Not as a slave to a plantation owner, as a slave to stuff. We're going to look today at what happens when you fall in love with stuff, what the result is, and if you find yourself stuck with stuff, how to get out of that. It's part of our ongoing series called Making Change. Now, if you weren't here last week, those who were, uh, let's review for them, all right? Last week, we talked about why stuff is bad for you and a warning about stuff, and we, we summarize it in this really simple statement. Let's see if you remember it. Less is more. Let's try that again, okay? Because some of you guys, you're like, oh, I totally knew that. I was just taking a sip of coffee, all right? Less is Okay, less is more. Better to have one handful of stuff with tranquility than two handfuls, the Bible says, with toil and chasing after the wind. Less is more. Well, today, I want to continue that talk with the idea that stress is bad. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Never considered that stress is bad. Stress is bad. We're going to talk about why stuff brings stress into your life. Now, let me take a moment and just say, I'm getting choked up too. What did you do, John? Um, a little water. Ah, 
it's one of those days. Hey, I want to take a minute uh, to publicly thank Pastor Craig Rochelle and uh, the creative team at Life Church for letting us use uh, their media and their artwork. They do a fantastic job. The same people who make the YouVersion Bible app, uh, which, by the way, if you don't have the YouVersion Bible app, get it on your phone. It's free. It's awesome. I read it every single day. Uh, well, we're following along with this series and doing our own spin, and, uh, and I want to talk to you about stress and why it's bad. Hey, we know it's bad. Uh, all of you have felt stress at some point in your life, and you, I, you could probably guess based on the topic, okay? What do you think is the number one cause of stress in America for the last several times that we've pulled that? What's the leading cause of stress, do you think? Money! Bills, right? Money. By far! By far! You say, are you stressed about the government? Not like I am about money. Okay? Money is by far the leading stressor in our country. Uh, and the, the second place is work, which you have to do in order to get money. Everything else is just way down. Worried about my health? Not as much as money. Worried about the war? Not as much as money. Money is a big deal, and it's a huge source of stress. And nobody loves stress. We love stuff. The problem is that stuff brings stress along with it. It's kind of like when you invite your friend to the party, and they bring their weird cousin. Like, I didn't, why did you bring him? He always, yeah, like he always double dips in the guacamole. It's gross. I can't eat it anymore. Why did you bring that guy? Okay. Nobody loves stress. In fact, we have a couple of cool graphics. Let me show you some stuff that nobody says. Okay, let's put those up on the screens for those who are here. Here's stuff nobody says. Nothing spices up my marriage like a call from the debt collector. You and me, baby, tonight. Yes. Right? No, nobody says it. Here's another one. I sleep so much better knowing I'm upside down on my car loan. Just peaceful rest all night. Let's do it. Another one. Every time I add a bill, it's like adding a friend who sends me letters each month to brighten my day. No, last one. This is fun. When I'm feeling down, I look at all my accounts to see how much my debt has grown. It makes me feel like I can achieve anything. Yes. Right? No. Nobody says that. Nobody loves stress. We don't love stress, but if you love stuff, you get stress for free. It comes along with the deal. And you can't extrapolate the two. That's why last week we read this. Jesus said, watch out and guard your heart against all kinds of greed. It hurts you when you fall in love with this stuff. Here's what I want you to write down, okay? Loving stuff steals your peace and replaces it with stress. Okay? And I want to be careful here. I didn't say having stuff steals your peace. God is not anti-stuff. It's a good thing because we live in America and we have nice stuff. There's nothing wrong with having nice stuff. The problem is when you need it and you do whatever it takes to get it, you fall in love with stuff and stuff, you go from this point where you have stuff to all of a sudden without you realizing it, stuff has you. It's a miserable place to be. Let me share my experience with stuff. Okay? I was once a poor college kid, like many of you were. But MasterCard found out, and they came to the rescue. They sent an application in the mail. Would you like to have all the stuff you want? Yes, I would. That sounds like a great deal. 
So I, I had this credit card and I just bought, you know, like, I was, I was talking this morning, wide leg jeans, like back then, like the really Abercrombie and Fitch, like the really wide, like I need some good jeans so I can impress the girls, right? I bought a few things, uh, but I was pretty responsible and I was saving up my money from working to go on this trip to Europe with our, our school choir. The problem is uh, about two-thirds of the way of saving up all the money to go to Europe, my transmission broke down in my car. Real bummer. And I need a car to get to work. I need it, but I also really want to go on this trip that I've been saving money for. And boy, once you tell you, MasterCard came riding in on a horse to save the day. I just swiped the thing. I got a brand new transmission. I'm right back on the road. This is good. And I went on that trip to Europe. And while I was there, I fell in love with this cool girl who was also in the school, in the, in the choir. And I realized, you know what? I need to put a ring on it. Okay, so, so I need to buy an engagement ring, but all of the other guys in school also have Visa and MasterCard, and they have these humongous rings, so I've got to keep up with this. So I've got to shop for this. Well, the ring I wanted was more than MasterCard was willing to lend me, but Zales had a card. Yeah, so I got a Zales account so I could get the ring on the Zales account because MasterCard didn't know about that one. And so I got two of these and I'm doing all this stuff and I graduate with no money and loads of school debt. And then we get married. Yes, sounds like a great plan, right? Neither of us have a job. Let's get married. What could go wrong? Okay, paid, 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 paid. It's hard to pay that stuff off, especially when you're an idiot. And the Zales thing, uh, the, the time to pay off Zales expired so I just rolled it onto my MasterCard balance. <laughs> it's amazing what 22-year-olds will do. Wow. Um, with age comes wisdom. So we did that, we, and we worked hard, and we were making progress. We were actually paying this stuff off. And then my first child came. And medical bills came. And I didn't realize that even when you have insurance, you still have to pay a pretty big chunk even with, they're like, how is this bill so big? I have insurance. Like, oh no, this is your part, sir. And I remember having a conversation with the debt collector lady on the phone. And she said, you have to pay this. And I said, well, I don't have the money. And I remember so clearly, she said, well, do you have a credit card? And I kind of swallowed hard and rubbed my, yes. She said, well, you can put it all on the credit card. Give me the number over the phone. And like a doofus, I gave her the, over the phone and thousands and thousands and thousands of hospital bills went on to the same credit card. And, and then all of my, even though I was broke, all of my friends had a really nice new house. They had a nice car. We had just, before the kid came, right, we had just bought a new house, brand new house. I was broke. I bought a brand new house. I bought an almost new car and we were just making it and then the housing market crashed. We were upside down on the house. We, we had one less income and one extra kid to feed and I was struggling. And I felt this, the truth in this verse, we're going to put it up on the screens. We're going to read it together. I felt this. The Bible says that the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. It's a slave to the lender. What does that mean, Pastor Chris? Not literal. I'm not, you know, I don't have the, um, you know, the, the bandana tied around my head. I'm not making pancakes. It means I don't get to make my own decisions anymore. That I'm not having things dictated to me. And, and I got so deep into this thing from my own doing that I couldn't get out. 
I was stuck. I had plenty of sleepless nights where I'm thinking, I can't even sell the house to get out from the mortgage because the house is not worth as much as it used to be anymore. And I was an idiot and I bought a brand new house that I couldn't afford. I was stuck. And when you're stuck like that, it's stressful. The slavery is that I had money. I was making good money. But I was no longer in charge of where the money got, went. I didn't get to choose where it went. MasterCard got to choose where it goes. Okay? And I'm not hating on MasterCard. That's just the one that I happen to have. Okay? Debt comes in a lot of different flavors. We were still paying for school. I was paying for the car. I was paying for the house. I was paying for this way overpriced security system that the traveling salesman came to my staying to my door and said, well, you really need this. Somebody might break into your new home. Okay, I was paying for all of this stuff. And I would, get, I would get a check, and I didn't get to decide where the money went. The people who loaned me money got to decide. And the Bible says the borrower is slave to the lender. And I know what it's like. I know what it's like to start to, your, your blood pressure goes up when you go to check the mail. Real talk. Some of you guys know what this is like. I know what it's like when you look in the mail and it's all caps, all red ink, past due, final notice. Anybody ever, anybody ever so late that they just print everything in red ink? Been there, done that, okay? Stressful. I didn't get that. Stressful. And, and stress is bad. Stress is bad. Here's why. Write this down. Stress anywhere spills over everywhere. And whatever the source of stress is, it spills over into your work. It spills over into your, your volunteering stuff. It spills over when you're talking to your neighbor. It spills over when you're talking to your wife. It spills over when you're trying to get the kid to stop crying and go back to sleep because it's 3 a.m. and I'm already up all night because I can't figure out how to pay the bills and now they won't sleep. Okay. Why are you, why are you not excited when it's time to nurse? Ah, right? Stress anywhere spills over everywhere, and stress is bad. And some of you know what this is like. In fact, statistically, in America, 58% of Americans today, as of September 2023, 58% of us are living paycheck to paycheck. We have just enough to get by as long as the paycheck keeps coming, and if something goes wrong, we are sunk. And that is miserable, and I want to tell you, you are not designed for this. Life does not have to be this way. We've all grown up in a society that says, this is good, this is normal, this is healthy. I'm here to tell you, this is not good and not normal and not healthy. And God wants something better for you than this. The good news is, if you feel stuck, the reality is you're not. You're not stuck. You don't have to continue to be a slave. And I want to show you how to make the decision to start the process of getting out. Okay? There are three things we want to write down today, three prayers to pray if you're tired of being a slave. Okay? The first one is this, write this down, God, give me self-control. Let's say it together. God, give me self-control. One more time. God, give me self-control. Okay? If you're a slave and you've been digging like I was, before you get out of the hole, you have to stop digging. Okay? It's like when you're a kid and you're watching mom and dad and they're arguing and you're like, oh, stop right there, stop right there, stop, 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 stop. And you know, like, you know, dad turns around and he's about to say it and he's thinking about it. You're like, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. And he says it anyway. And you're like, oh, okay, great. You're digging the hole deeper. Before you get out, you have to stop digging. And that's hard. 
because we like stuff, okay? But you need self-control. It, it, it takes willpower to break out of this. The Bible says this, Proverbs 25, 28, that a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Now, we don't put walls around our city anymore. Uh, but in those days, here's what that would mean, okay? Why do you put walls around your city? Walls are the only things that are keeping bandits from coming in and stealing all of your stuff. And the Bible says if you live without self-control, there is no defense to keep things from coming in and stealing all of your stuff. You say, well, I thought the problem was buying stuff. Yeah, you're buying stuff at the expense of choosing where your money goes and being wise with it. Now you're just paying for the stuff that I probably shouldn't have bought that anyway, but it sounded like a good idea, and you know, 16 months, no interest, same as cash, whatever. It's hard. It's hard. Self-control is a difficult thing. Um, if you remember, we talked, uh, what, about a month and a half ago, about the way your brain is set up. And we talked about the dog brain, that part in the middle of your brain that just wants what it wants, the craving center, the reward center. Okay? And we mentioned this back then. One of the things that's been documented as being especially rewarding for humans is shopping, is buying stuff. Some of you husbands are like, see, I knew it. I knew there was a reason why. Okay? But it's, it's guys too. Come on, we know it. One of the things is shopping. Well, here's something I learned this week. This is, this is fun, all right? Buying stuff is rewarding to your brain. Do you know what is especially like the top version of that? Is when you stumble upon an unexpected deal. People have researched this. They're like, well, you know, thousands of years ago, our ancestors were searching in the forest, and if you happened to find a blackberry bush, it was so rewarding because it's like, ooh, I didn't do any work. I didn't plant this. It's just right here, and I get to enjoy the benefits. It's rewarding. But when you go shopping and you're like, oh, my goodness, this is half price, babe. It's half price. I've been looking at this computer part for six months. It's half price. It would be, it would be financially irresponsible not to take advantage of this deal right now. I need this. It's very rewarding. It's hard. Okay? So write this down. If you're going to have self-control, you're going to need backup. You're going to need backup. You need somebody else who doesn't love the stuff and who can see the stress that it comes with to shot block your purchasing. And you need that. When I was in high school, I was really into guitars. My brother is also into guitars. And he had this guitar that he wanted, a Taylor 414 CE. Okay? You say, wow, that's amazing. You remember the model name? Yes, and here's why. Because my brother told me I'm saving up all of my money from working at Express or uh, wherever else, either Toys R Us. Okay, I'm saving up all of my paychecks. I'm not going to buy anything else until I get this guitar. And he said, Chris, I need you to do this. Anytime that I see a deal and I start to buy it, I need you to slap me on the side of the head and say, 414 CE! And then I will stop. <laughs> Let me tell you, anytime your brother gives you permission to slap him in the side of the head, you got it, man. I'm there for you. Okay? I was there. I was his wingman because I wasn't in love with the new jeans. I'm like, hey, you said you were saving this up. You're going to need backup. Okay? Just be careful. If you're married, be careful at how you arrange the backup. Because slapping your brother upside of the head, good idea. Okay? When Natasha was pregnant the first time with Ethan, she said, hey, I know some girls kind of get carried away when they're pregnant. I don't want to do that. I need you to help me when I want to eat too much food. I need you to help me to not eat. And I'm like, babe, you seriously expect me 
to tell a pregnant woman, stop eating that, you're going to get too fat? It's not me, okay? I'm not your guy. I am sorry. I'll just gain the weight with you, okay? All right? So be careful, okay? But you need backup. You need backup. Self-control is vital to fix this, and you won't get out if you keep digging. So God, give me self-control. If you're tired of stress and slavery, God, give me self-control, okay? Second thing that you need to pray if you want to get out of slavery is God, give me understanding, Give me understanding. Watch this. Write that down in your notes. God, give me understanding. See, you can have the self-control, you can have all the desire to get out of debt, but unless you know the rules of the game, you're never going to get anywhere. And don't be mistaken, there are rules to this thing. Finances have so many details and the function of these things, and society doesn't do a good job of teaching you that. God recognizes how powerful knowledge is and how powerful a lack of it is. In fact, the Bible says in Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Our culture, our society is great at explaining how to get into debt, but so many people are never taught how to get out of it or how to avoid it altogether. Think about this. When you're in high school, you've got programs that teach you if you have sex outside of marriage, you might have serious consequences to deal with. If you go out and get drunk with your friends, you might have serious consequences to deal with. If you start snorting coke, you might have serious consequences to deal with. But nobody ever says, if you take out three store credit lines and two credit cards, and you go and buy a brand new car that you can't afford, you might have serious consequences. Some of you are playing catch up, and you're learning the game as you're playing it. You've got to go out and seek understanding. You gotta get God's help to learn these principles because they are powerful and they're affecting you whether you realize them or not. Let me give you an example. Let's talk about the power of compound interest. The average credit card debt in America for a household is $14,000. Throw on top of that, the average car debt is $31,000. The average student loan debt is $34,000. That's a whole lot of debt with interest bearing down on you. Let's take a look at credit cards, for example. Say that you have $16,000 on your credit card and you're making a minimum monthly payment of $250 a month. Now that's no small amount of money. If you're paying this card at 19% interest, it's going to take you 40 years to pay off your balance. Think about how old you're going to be 40 years from now and all of the time in between. 40 years to pay off that balance and along the way, in addition to the 16,000 that you actually owe, you're gonna pay an additional $105,000 to the bank just in interest. Whoa! Let's look at it the other way around though. Let's imagine that you save up and you invest $16,000 at just 12% interest for 40 years. When you invest that money, compound interest is working for you. And at the end of 40 years, you have just under one and a half million dollars. See, the rules work both ways. They can work to hurt you or they can work to help you. But you got to learn what those rules are. Here's what's cool. God knows the rules better than anyone. And the Bible is full of financial wisdom peppered all throughout the scripture. 
we, we see principles like diversifying your portfolio. That's in the Bible. Principles like not co-signing for bad debt. That's in the Bible. Principles like the value of slowly accumulating wealth instead of trying get-rich-quick schemes. Also in the Bible. But there are more sources than just reading scripture. All truth is God's truth. So if you find yourself in debt, you need to start researching this stuff. You need to start looking this stuff up and find credible, good sources for financial wisdom. I'll give the push one more time. Financial peace is a great way to do that. And even if you don't take the class, Dave Ramsey has a lot of biblical principles and teaching that you can glean just from his website. Don't stay in the dark. If you're gonna climb out of this thing, it's going to take understanding. Once you have self-control and understanding, you're ready to start moving, but you're not going to get anywhere until you have a plan. So last thing to pray is this, write this down. God, give me a plan. Give me a plan, because if you don't have a plan, you're going to spend a lot of energy. You're just not going to get anywhere. You got to think this stuff through. You've got to have a plan. The Bible says this, Proverbs 2 uh, Proverbs 21 verse 5, that good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. And I don't like taking the long way around. I don't like doing stuff that takes a long time. But you're going to need a plan if you're going to get this right, if you're going to climb out. I um a long-standing credit line with CityCard. And, uh, and they're just doing what they do. There's no malicious content in it. They're just trying to make all of the money that they possibly can. But I was a fool. And the reason, okay, I, this, is, this is extra embarrassing. Two different times I had a big credit card balance that did this to me. I worked hard and I paid it off. And then I came back and I got a big balance again. Let me tell you, it's frustrating to be in debt the first time, but when you know what that's like and you willingly go back because life takes a dump on you and you're like, well, I wasn't expecting this, and you go back into it, it feels so much worse. And I'm like, I know where this is leading, but I don't know what else to do. Okay? I had three different, three different instances with big credit card balances. How do I pay this off? And let me tell you, the reason I kept coming back was because I didn't have a plan. I just wanted out. You need understanding, but once you have understanding, you need God's help. You need to craft that into a plan. Write this down. You can wander into debt, but you can't wander out. It is designed to keep you in there and to keep you paying that payment until something else needs a payment and, and you know what it's like living paycheck to paycheck. It stinks. It's miserable. I don't want you to be stuck there. And the good news is you are not stuck there, but you have to have a plan. Here's what it took for me, because as we get ready to close, here's what it took for me. I, I was so stressed by all of this stuff that I just couldn't deal with it. Okay? It, before the phrase, I can't even, was a thing, I couldn't even. Okay? I couldn't do it. And so, legitimate story here, when things were really bad, I would, I would get the mail, and that bill that was in all caps and red, 
I would put it on the counter and seriously, it would take me a couple of days before I would even open it because I knew it was ugly. I knew it was bad. Okay? There was a time when I didn't even look to see how much money was in the bank because I was afraid at what I would find. And so I just didn't look. I haven't bounced a check. I guess things are okay. I'll figure it out somehow because I didn't want to see because it was scary and, it, and, and I was embarrassed. I should know better than this. I should be better. I just, I got stuck. Okay? And if you're going to get out, it's going to take a plan, and you have to, like I did, you have to pull your head out of the sand and look at the harsh realities and say, God, show me what to do. Show me how to get out. Now, my plan may be different than yours. I'm a big fan of, and I, I, I want to be careful. This is not the first church of Dave Ramsey, right? I'm serving Jesus. Uh, but I, I was a big fan of financial peace because that's what changed things in my life. That's the turnaround that came, and it, it might be a different thing for you, okay? But, but I had to make a plan. Here's how my plan went, okay? My plan is, was, I have to, before anything, I have to get an emergency fund of money so that when something unexpected comes, it doesn't go on the credit card. Before I paid off the credit card, I had to have cash in reserve so that if I had a flat tire, I was not charging that thing. And so we, we worked, and we saved, and we did garage sales, and whatever it takes, let's get some money in the bank and then I started looking at the debts and saying I'm not satisfied with living like this I'm tired of living like this I'm not going to do this anymore and we tightened the belt and we said we're not taking any, on any more debts and we looked at the smallest one and we looked what's it going to take to pay off the smallest account and then we paid that off and we took that monthly payment now I'm going to pay the next biggest account and the next one and the next one and the next one and it was hard getting out of debt's not easy it's hard but here I am 12 years later after starting that process, and today we have, we are, we one school loan from being completely debt-free. I have a mortgage on the house, but we paid, I have a 20-year note on my house, not a 30, and we put about 35% cash down on the house to get a better rate. Uh, I, I own both of my vehicles. I have four or five months of living expenses saved in the bank. I have a 403B retirement plan and all of this on what is essentially a high school teacher's salary, okay? And this is not to brag, it's not me. I was an idiot. It was because God finally got through to me and said, you're killing yourself here. It doesn't have to be like this. This is not normal. This is broken. And I finally wised up and I listened. I told you about that. I told you about my story and getting out. Uh, okay, it's, it's, we are a, I'm the primary breadwinner for the home. I've never been rich a day in my life by American standards. What you need to understand is you don't have to be rich to get out of debt. You just have to be determined. There is a way out. You don't have to live like this. But if you're gonna get out, you can't be in love with stuff. Last thing to write down is this. You gotta hate stress more than you love stuff or you'll never get out. You'll always be chained up. You gotta come to that point where you say, I don't want this to ruin my marriage anymore. Did you know the number one cause of divorce in America is fights over money? You gotta come to the point where you're like, I'm so tired of this stuff. I'm not going to let this keep ruining my marriage. I'm not going to let this keep telling me what I can't do. I was 
born for something better than this. I was designed for freedom. And God doesn't want you living in this. I want you to, I want you to ask yourself two questions. Number one, do you want to be a slave? Do you want that? Most of you would say, no, I don't want to be a slave anymore. I'm tired of this. Change doesn't come until you get really tired of the status quo. But I know there are some who would say, you know, I don't really like it, but I'm not getting rid of my streaming service. I'm not switching back to Folgers. I, I, I'm not going to change my, my workout. No, I'm, I'll just sit in it. So the second question is this. Does God want you to walk through life like this? Is that what he wants? Is that what he designed for you? I want you to consider an alternate reality if you live paycheck to paycheck. What would it be like if you could go and shop for a car and go and make a deal and drive off of the lot and pay it in cash? What would that feel like? How nice would that be? What if, what if you got to a point, what if you listened and you looked at God's wisdom in the scripture and you said, I'm going to become an expert at this. I'm going to search and I'm going to get good at this and I'm just not just going to get rolled by the credit card companies. What if you learn that stuff and there's a point in your future where the refrigerator breaks down and the only stress is, do we want the stainless steel version or the black version or the white version because the money's in the bank let's just go get it today how good would that feel how good would it feel to come to church on a Sunday morning and Kevin and Robin McGee come up here and you're like wow they're doing amazing stuff and the Holy Spirit moves on your heart and says I want you to support them and you're like you got it Lord here's a checkbook how much how good would that feel I want to tell you this is broken that is how God wants you to live and you don't have to be rich to get out of debt you just have to be determined you just have to decide stress is bad I don't have to live like this God created me for something better and with his help I can turn the corner and I can get out of this Stress is bad. Don't live as a slave. Be different. Be healthy. And live free. Hey, this is Pastor Chris again. Thanks for listening. If today's talk was helpful in your spiritual life, odds are there's someone you know who could benefit from it. Take a minute right now to share it with them. And if you live in the area, come try out a service in person because church is more fun with friends. See you next time.